Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good, man. You sound excited. I paused for a second. It was good. <laughs> I thought that was a good opening up for me. It was. It was. I'm glad to be back here with you, man. We got another great show for this week. I do want to start off, though, by saying thank you to XS90. If you heard the show last week, they've come on board and they're sponsoring us all the way through uh, January in support of their movement that they're trying to get men a part of on January the 4th to go through all the way to Lent, to go through Exodus 90 and to really look at things in our life that we can sacrifice, that we can give up, um, that we can offer up for other people and really reclaiming back our lives and, and uh, you know, helping ourselves, um, you know, get away from some of the things that we self-indulge ourselves with that aren't pertinent to the mission of being um, a disciple of Jesus Christ and being the father and the husband and the brother and son that we're called to be. So we're glad to have them sponsor us. We actually are going to have up in a couple of days um, the the link that's going to be our own wait list for Just a Guy in the Pew. So any of you guys that are out there that are listening, you can join this wait list at exodus90.com slash John Edwards. If you go there, you can sign up and you can join Victor and I and the other men that uh, from here in the show and, and from our men's group here in Memphis that are going to join us. You can join us and go on that journey that starts January the 4th. So we'll continue to talk about this through the coming months and what all it's going to entail, but we're excited to have them and excited to, I personally am excited to go through this myself. I really feel like I need uh, something to draw me back and do some practices that have fallen by the wayside as I've been trying to build some of this stuff up here. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'll probably regret that the second day I can't have a beer. Yeah, but be like, uh, <laughs> in the cold okay. shower, I'll be like, I right. quit. But, <laughs> but no. Seriously, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you guys will sign up at exodus90.com slash John Edwards. We'll put it up on social media, and it'll be going out on email and stuff, too. So, now that we got that out of the way, I'm excited about this week's uh, show. You know, I, I've looked back over what we've been talking about a lot lately. You know, we talked about sacrifice last week. We've talked about addiction lately. We've talked about how to surrender to God's will and how to fight comfort in our lives. We've had a lot of shows about how to change our lives. But a lot of things that I hear from people, even after we've done the show, is like, how do I, like, how's, how do we do it? Like, what is the answer to all those questions? You know, you've walked me through steps, but sometimes I feel like I can't do it by myself. I can't do it alone. And, and so it, you know, as I was praying about this, I felt God really lead me to the answer, which is his grace. Mm -hmm. You know, when we said that in the addiction show, and I even said, I know it could be a cop out and people say, well, that's a cliche. And yeah, sure, God's grace. But it led me to think about, that you know a lot of times grace is a word that gets thrown around a lot and we assume that people know what it is and where it comes from but that's an assumption right i mean that word has been i've heard it since i've grown up but do you really understand what what it means and especially as catholics what what the catholic church has taught us about god's grace now look there's a rabbit hole we could go down here and have five shows to go over you know talking about sanctifying grace and habitual grace and really get into the weeds on that but i want to talk today about just the definition of what God's grace is and what our part is to play in the reception of that grace. Um, you know, really cooperating with that grace because God's grace abounds all the time. It's just really whether or not we, we, we participate in it. We, 
we say yes, we choose to to receive his grace and move forward with it. So I want to start really with just the definition of grace. And according to the catechism, it says, grace is favor, the free undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God, adoptive sons, partakers of the divine nature and eternal life. Grace is a participation in the life of God. That's 1996 through 1997 in the catechism. So right there, it's telling us that it's a free, undeserved help. You know, another word for help, a gift, you know, an assistance um, that God gives us to respond to his call, right? And that's the thing, like, we're all trying to live this life. If you're listening to this podcast right now, hopefully you're a guy out there that's trying to live a better life, that's trying to give more of your life to God, that's trying to surrender more, all these things we talk about that's so hard to do. But what this is telling us here is that God is giving us a gift to help us to achieve that call. So often we try to do it ourselves and we fail and we don't get it right or we start practices that we don't keep up with. And, you know, I used to pray a lot. Now I don't. What's the point? We try to go like men, like we try to do. I mean, look at somebody who gets directions and tries to build something. They put the directions to the side until they they beat their head against the wall so much that they actually have to use them. Well, that's how we are as men. We charge into things and we just want to do it on our own and plow our own way and be a one-man army. But God's saying, you don't have to do that. Like, I'm giving you this gift. And that gift comes from, it's the product of God's great love for each and every one of us. Um, you know, that's something that that I don't think people realize is that grace comes from the love that God has for each and every one of you. It's just like, you know, being a father, you know, a lot of guys that are listening to this, I'm sure are fathers or, or women that are listening are mothers. Just like you want the good for your children and you would give them anything, you know, in your life that you could to give to, to help them become the people that you want them to be, good people and to grow up living in the right way. That's what God is doing. He loves us so much that he gives us this grace to be able to accomplish this so that we can be with him forever in heaven. And so that's really the definition of grace. And it's really what I want to talk about today. Um, you know, as far as it being a free gift and the product of his of his love, you know, there's a verse in Ephesians that uh, and Paul talks about grace constantly. I mean, all you got to do is read portions of any of his books, and grace is all throughout there in his letters. But the Ephesians verse is two eight, and it says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from you; it is the gift of God." That's what Saint Paul is telling us. This is nothing that has to do with you. This is something that God is giving you of Himself because He loves you so much, so that you can complete what He's asked you to do in your life, and you'd be with Him forever. And so the, it, Paul talks again and again, and we'll go through some more verses, but I just really felt like after we've talked about and given men all these challenges of, you know, beat back the addictions of your life, say no to comfort, uh, surrender your life, sacrifice for others, that we really needed to talk about what it is that allows us to do that, and that's God's grace. What The part I like a lot of what you just said, the definition, is that grace is a participation in life of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's being part of, of a team. You know, we talked about, like, we're not being observer in our lives anymore. We're not, like, just going, oh, that's nice, but still doing my own thing, mm-hmm. right? Eventually, you're going to have to kind of come to grips of realizing that, one, you're not in control of your life, and two, is it's better to go with what God wants you to do rather than fight against them, right? Sure. I mean, that's usually the case. Well, and God invites us into his plan, right? right. I mean, even in the creative process, he's al- he allows us to, to partake in the creative process of, of bringing life about I mean, God doesn't have some plan where he wants to run it on his own and, and call in for some help every once in a while. He, we are his hands and feet on mm-hmm. this world. And, and so he gives us what we need to go out and do what he's charged us with doing, which is to bring others 
to know him and to love him and to serve him so that they can be with him in the next life, as it says in the old Baltimore Catechism. But we have to we have to understand that all these things that we build up in our heads as men, like I, I'm never going to be able to quit this. I'm never going to be able to stop that. You know, I've tried to quit porn again and again and again, or I've twi- tried to quit drinking, or I've tried to to speak in a, in a manner which, which is more worthy of my wife, or any of those things that we continue to tell ourselves we can't do. You're right. We can't do it on our own. We have to depend on God's grace. And and the thing is, God offers that grace to everyone. It's just whether we choose to allow it to be in our lives, whether we choose to say yes to it. And so many of us don't. And that's where we find ourselves um, off the beaten path and we find ourselves trying to start things and, and falling off. Maybe you've been to conferences or or spiritual things where you've gotten really uplifted and really high and then a couple of days later you're back down off of the other side of that roller coaster as we've talked about before. And it's because a lot of times we we want to do all of this ourselves, but God is just, he's such a good God and he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to have to shoulder all that by ourselves. We can't get to heaven by ourselves. We have to have his, his grace. And that's why he sent his son to die. That's the ultimate grace that we receive from God, right? That this ultimate sign of his love is, is that he sent his son to die for us in our place so that we could be with him and have a chance to be with him in heaven. So when we're saying no to that grace and we're not cooperating with it, then then we're not becoming, or we're not going to have the ability to become what God wants us to become. We're going to be out there like in quicksand trying to do everything ourselves, but slowly sinking because we, we have no lifeline. We have nothing to, to get us out of our messes and to, and to get us out of the situations we find ourselves in. So we have to trust in that grace that God's given us and, and understand that everything that we are trying to become is going to spawn from that grace. Um, St. Augustine says it well himself. He says, grace alone brings about every good work in us. He doesn't say a few good works. He doesn't mm-hmm. say some of the time grace allows us to do things. No, every good work in us. And the sooner we can figure that out, and the sooner that we start subscribing to that to that way of thinking, and we surrender to that grace, and and, and you know become very thankful and, and and full of gratitude that God cares for us so much that He's given us the help we need to achieve what we all want, which is to be with Him in heaven. Then we're going to have a lot better of a life, and we're going to understand it's not as hard to do these things that we that the devil likes to paint the picture that it's just impossible. Nothing's impossible with God's grace, and that's why Saint Paul says things like. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's talking about because God gives me the grace and the power and the strength to do it. There's a story that kind of came to me when I, you were talking again. Mm-hmm. So so Desert Fathers, of course, is kind of like my thing, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Abba Patmos was teaching one of the disciples, and the disciples said, what's grace like? He, he said, well, you have two pieces of meat, okay? Uh, one you leave, and the other you, you purify with salt, okay? So what does the salt do? It keeps the meat from rotting, right? Mm-hmm. But the other meat that's not that's not you know purified with the salt or covered with salt, then you have like uh, worms and all that stuff attack. Which because that's the, what the devil does. The devil will come and attack you. But as soon as you put salt on there, then they they flee. So that's what he's kind of saying is that God's grace covers you because you're an active participant in His life. But yet His love is part of that whole process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I have the answer to why you ride a camel up here every day because the desert fathers. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. So I'm wondering where that camel is. I thought it was a petting zoo Do you know outside. Mind Palace? I can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> no, but that's a great point. It really is. And it, it really draws me into what I wanted to go into this a little bit further with like it. 
the fact that it does give us that ability to overcome sin and live the lives that we're called to as disciples. I mean, Augustine says again in another quote I have here, what grace is meant to do is to help good people, not to escape their sufferings or their misgivings, but to bear them with a stout heart and a fortitude that finds its strength and faith. And that's God's grace comes in many different forms. And, and Deacon Jeff over here that's sitting with us, I mean, he gives a, a magnificent grace talk every year at Crisio, and he's done it a long time, and they continue should to ask we live him to stream it. Yeah, we should. Or yeah, I, maybe, right. I'll, maybe I'll have a couple <laughs> episodes where we dive deeper into some go. of these other types of God's grace or different um, respects of that grace. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the thing that we have to understand is that is what, wait, what St. Augustine is saying there is that's what gives us the ability as as people who aren't uh, perfect individuals as people that do have faults and failures and, mis- and misgivings and sins and, and habitual things that we have trouble getting over like this is the one thing that gets us over that hump is the power of god the grace that god gives us and the ability to follow him that comes from trusting in and in, in cooperating with his grace and that's really what this whole podcast is about is just talking about that cooperating because see we, we convince ourselves that our sins and all of those things that we talk about all the time are too much for us, um, too much to overcome. But St. Paul tells us, you know, in Romans 5.20, where sin increases, grace abounds or overflows all the more. And what he's trying to say there is, yes, there's sin and death, and there's all these things that they are going to try to control your life, and they're going to be nipping at your heels all the time. But you have to remember, like, what God is trying to give you is more powerful than any of that will ever be. You just have to believe it. And you then you have to accept it and cooperate with it. You know, there's so many times where where I think that we're not cooperating with God's grace a lot. We, you know, God's grace is freely given; it's out there for us all the time. But if we're not looking to receive that into into to use it for what it's intended for in our life, then we're gonna always struggle. You know, when I you know, I've told people before in my life to be arrested was a grace in my life. You know, and people look at you like you got four heads. You know, like, what do you mean? It had to be terrible and an ordeal and look at what you put your family through. And I said, yeah, but I wasn't dead. I didn't die. I didn't, there's so many other things that could have happened. God, what seemed in the moment to be a painful, suffering, terrible thing that happened, looking back at it was a grace of God. It allowed me, it woke me up. To be restored. Right, right. and allowed me to be restored. He came to me in that jail cell and gave me a choice. This is where your life is going, or you can come with me and, and, and I'll show you a, a whole new life. I could show you what I made you for. Now, in that moment, I had a choice, right? I didn't realize it. You know, it may not seem like a choice because it's like, okay, stay in jail or die or whatever else and then go with God. Like, sure, there is no choice in that, but there's still a choice. I could have gotten out of that jail cell and said, you know what? Cocaine's more important to me than Angela and the kids now because I'm addicted to it and that's all I want and I'd choose that. But I chose God's grace. I chose that second chance. And that's what that's what we have to do in our life. Like if I hadn't cooperated with that grace, I may not be here today, you know, or I might be here and be worse off than I was because I lost my wife and my kids and, and everything else. So we have a choice. You know, I think a lot of times there's this, this thought that God's grace is just going to overwhelm us and overcome us and it's going to do everything for us. And yes, it is a powerful tool to help. It's a gift. It's his love poured out for us, but we have to, we have to say, Lord, I want that. And I want to use that. I want to apply it to my life. You know, that's what free will is, is choosing God's grace and his love and his mercy instead of the opposite. And so as men, we have to understand that if we're not if we're not moving forward in our spiritual lives, if we're if we're stuck in that rut, what grace is God trying to pour into our life right now? What is he trying to do? And maybe it doesn't look like a grace at the time. Maybe it looks like something that is painful and just doesn't look like the right way. 
But there's not one way that his grace comes, but you have to be aware and open to it and see what is God trying to do in my life right now? And what is he giving me? What is he empowering me to do with his grace and choose it? Because grace without your cooperation is just grace that's there that you're not taking advantage of, that you're not using and applying to your life. And I think that's where most a lot of people find ourselves is because we, we feel like God's grace is for somebody else, right. but it's there for each and every one of us. It's just up to us to reach out and grab it and do in our life what God wants us to do with it. Very good. Very good words. A wise man over there. Sounds like you've been studying this grace thing. Well, it just it, it, it's been a lot to reflect on, right? Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. Like even the catechism again here, when I was looking through this, it was like God was just sending me to the right places because when you open the catechism and you look up grace in the back, there's man, there's so many yeah. passages and you know, dependence on God, you know, a gift from God, a gift from Jesus, dependence on God's grace. I mean, there's just you get lost in it for hours. But this other passage that I found talks about what we're saying. And it's from uh, passage 2002 in the Catechism. It says, God's free initiative demands man's free response. So again, proving the point of what we're saying and what the church is teaching is that God is giving this free, this free so gift. you have to respond. Yeah. But you have right. to respond to mm-hmm. it. Like, if you don't, it's just wasted. It's like, if you gave me a birthday present that was the coolest thing in the world, but I never bothered to open it. Right? It was something that would have made my life so much easier or better or made me happier or gave me joy, whatever it is. But I never opened it because I just I don't, I don't need something like that. I don't need a gift in my life. I've got this. I can handle it. I can walk on my own two feet. God, I'm a one-man army. I don't need anybody or anything. And it's the same thing. It's like God is constantly in our lives each and every day giving us that, that gift again and again when we don't deserve it, right? <laughs> so many of us, that we all of us are undeserving of his love. Mm-hmm. But he gives that gift each and every day no matter what no matter what you've done the day before he gives you the grace of reconciliation he gives you the grace of the eucharist he gives you these graces to continue to strengthen yourself so that you can become what he wants you to be all for the end result because he loves you so much that he does not want to be without you forever right well he opened door for for us gentiles right you know to be part of his kingdom and to be part of his you know his like you said, the will that he has set before us. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine imagine being that promise being kept from us, you know, and, and staying exclusively with the, the, the people of Israel. You know, that would be very tough, I think. But because of his love is so grand, um, unlimitless, you know, we can kind of get a taste of what that's like for what eternity should be waiting for us for. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're exactly right. And the problem is we have to, as men, we have to swallow our pride, right? We have to admit that we need help. And that's not it's, easy. For it's us. a hard swallow. It is. Yeah. It is because you know one we've been taught. You know, if you're older than probably you and me, where I mean, I'm forty, fixed to be forty-two. We've sort of been taught by by the men in our culture and that were older than us that you know you don't need anybody or anything. Put your head down, work hard, never complain, don't have feelings. Don't. We've talked about that a bunch, and so it's kind of ingrained into us that like I need to figure this thing out, right? And it's not like you're dad maybe some of yours did mine never directly said like you're not a man if you can't figure this out but that's sort of the mm-hmm. <laughs> the mindset that comes from that sort of teaching right is is if you don't get this figured out man you're not how are you going to support a wife how are you going to have a family how right. are you going to like you know you can't always go to somebody else you got to figure your own stuff out and so we sort of have that attitude with god but god is completely different than that and he's like no all i want is your surrender i want you to give up control of your life and i know that i'm saying all i know it's a big deal but he's saying, like, when you do that, I'm not going to leave you empty-handed anymore. I want to be there with you. I want to walk with you through all this. I want to give you everything you need and some things you don't need, right? Like, like there's times in our lives where we think we need certain things, and God proves pretty quickly to us that we never needed that. We just right. thought we did. 
but he wants to give us the grace to be able to do what he's asked us to do. And he's done that throughout the history of the Bible. Like when you look at it, um, you know, we talked this Sunday about the wedding guest, right? This past yesterday at mass, we talked about the, the parable of the wedding feast. And, you know, here's the guy that comes in at the end that doesn't have the wedding gown on. And that can be a confusing parable if, you, if you're, right. you know, because there's so much in it and, and, and just people who weren't invited and they killed the servants and all of that. But at the end, you know, you can kind of be left wondering why is, why is this the, the, the host being so hateful and mean to this guy and like bind his feet and his hands and throw him out to the national After team? he calls him like, a friend. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> right. you invited me here. Right. Why are you treating me this way? But again, it's a choice because as Father Gallagher told us in the in the homily yesterday, he said, you know, it was a tradition for for the people that were hosting uh, an event like that to have the the wear and the garb and the the garments of people Provided that would come in, right? right. Yeah. So this guy made a choice not to put this on. It wasn't like he just walked in and there was no more garments, or mm-hmm. there wasn't a way for him to fit in and be in that banquet. He actively chose when 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 that you know banquet host or God was giving him everything Mm -hmm. that he needed to be with him in that banquet, enjoying the feast, enjoying the spoils of a good life. He, he just said, I don't want it. Like, I'm going to go in like I am. I'm good. Thanks. No worries. I do my own thing. Right. I'm just, I'm here for the beer, you know, or I'm here for the, for the appetizers. Like that's basically what he said. And then he gets called out about it. But if we read that parable wrong, we think, well, what a terrible person that, that, that banquet Mm -hmm. uh, host is. But no, it's the fact that, that banquet host provided everything they needed, that guy needed to be able to join him and be with him for the celebration. But he actively said, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. Thank you, but I'm fine like I am, right? And so many of us do that in our own lives where we just choose to put a hand up to God's grace and say, I'll do this on my own. I don't need it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until the time where we really need it in our lives. But even right. then, some of us are so obstinate and stubborn that we don't ever still take that hand that's out there. So, I mean, we see that in that parable. You see it with, with, with you know, Saul. Saul was would never have been able to become uh, Paul if it wasn't for God's grace. He was given that grace to, to be blinded and to be really his eyes open again to the truth of Jesus Christ, but he didn't have to go where he was sent. Mm-hmm. He chose to cooperate with that grace, right? There was nothing, nobody there with a whip or a, a sword saying, if you don't go, we're going to kill you. He still had that choice whether he was going to follow Christ or not. Right. Like Zacchaeus, too. He was like the lead tax collector. Right. And he changed his life instantly. That's right. Christ, they yeah. cooperated right. With, the, with the moment, that grace that God gave him. You know, I'm sure for Paul, looking back, it's probably the worst moment, scariest moment of his life, right? Like, all of a sudden, you can't see anything, and some guy's talking to you, and you've, he's talking about how you persecuted him and his people. And then all of a sudden, it winds up being the greatest thing that ever happened in his life because he cooperated with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to do. Um, same thing with Peter. You know, Peter was this fisherman, and in his life, he would have never been the the first pope of our church, the, the rock, if he hadn't cooperated with the choice that God gave him, right? Jesus walked into his life, gave him the grace to say, follow me, follow me, I'll make you more than what you are, I'll make you into what you're supposed to be. And Peter said yes to it. He cooperated with that grace. So we hear it again and again. You talk about Mary Magdalene. I mean, there's so many different people in the Bible that have that have cooperated with God's grace. And and that's what I really wanted to talk about today in the show is how important it is to to not only say, yeah, I know God has grace out there. Man, by the grace of God, I, I missed that car wreck, you know, or by the grace of God, you know, I'm healthy. That's great, you know, understanding that God has grace out there. But we need to understand that it is a gift that has to be opened. It has to be received. We have to apply it to our life. It's not like you sit back and go, yeah, no worries. God's grace is here. It's taking care of me. Got it floating right above my head, right? Never have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. It's doing its job. No, you have to 
you have to uh, join into that and use it the way that God has asked. That's why he gave it to you, not to sit there idle with it, but to apply it to your life, to use it to do the things that you don't think you can do. And that's what I'm really speaking to to the men out there today is there's so many, I've been there, and I know that I, I, I tell myself, I self-defeat myself all the time by saying, I can't do that. I'll, I'll never be able to do that. I'm not as good as somebody else. I can't. But God gave you the power to do whatever he's asked of you, to beat back any sin in your life, to, to defeat the evil one, the world, the flesh, and the devil, all of that. And all you have to do is cooperate with his grace. So, you know, as we come here to the end of the show, guys, I hope that you'll take that into consideration. Um, it's a topic that's really been on on my mind. And, and I think that if more people learn to cooperate with God's grace, we're going to see a tremendous change in people's lives, but we just have to do it. And guys, we're going to be talking about this a little bit more. Uh, if you're a patron, you know, we've talked about this before. You get extra content access to it. If you're a patron, um, you also get a lot of cool stuff. Like we've got the shirts and the stoneware mug and the, the metal koozie, just a lot of cool stuff you get. But I got to tell you, a lot of people that have joined the, the Facebook patron-only group and all of that have really enjoyed the camaraderie, the community. There's a lot of guys in there sharing. Um, and it's just access to great things. I'm going to interview Bill Donahue tomorrow from the Theology of the Body Institute. And that interview is going to be out there for everyone, but there's going to be portions of it that are going to be saved for just our patrons. So if, you would, if you'd like to support us, we'd love to have you do it. But it's also going to give you access to all this cool stuff. We don't want to receive a gift without giving a gift. So we're going to make sure that you have some pretty cool stuff and that you have access to some other content that you wouldn't otherwise. So we invite you, if you want to become a patron, you can go to www.patreon.com slash ministries. You can go to the website or you can find it on our social media anywhere. And we invite you to do so. But once again, as we close here, just guys, there's a lot of things that God has given us, a lot of great gifts, but none that are greater than his grace. And when it seems like it's dark, when it seems like sin is overtaking your life, just remember as St. Paul says, grace abounds all the more. God is more powerful than anything else you'll face in your life. He's given you what you need to be able to, to counteract and to fight off anything that the devil throws your way. You just have to believe in it. You have to trust in it. And you have to know that God loves you with all his heart. And that's where that grace comes from. It is a complete and total product of his eternal love for you. Amen to that. And I'll tell you what. It's a free gift, and that's the best kind of gift. So make sure that you open it, right? It costs you nothing. God's love is free, and it's there for you, and it's going to just change your life if you open it up. So, all right, guys. God's grace is a gift, and it is what will allow you to be with him forever. You only need to cooperate with it. So let's take that to prayer right now so we can do so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you have called each and every one of us to know you, to love you, and to serve you in this life so that we can be with you in the next. You've equipped us to fulfill this mission with the free gift of your grace. Help us to remember that it is your grace that gives us the power to become the men you created us to be. And Father, although your grace is a gift you give freely, let us never forget that it still demands our cooperation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.